USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise and welcome to your information show. We're going to be talking about Social Security today, which is an extremely important topic for everybody. And first thing I'd like to do is to say good morning to Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. And good morning to Pete Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, everyone. And my name, of course, is Ray Lance, and we're pleased to be with you this morning. Today we're going to be talking about probably the most important subject that's on our client's mind, which is Social Security. And uh, we've got a lot of material to cover today. We're going to keep it as short as we can and as entertaining, hopefully, as we can. If you have any questions after today's show, give us a call at 508-998-8858. Our staff is available Monday to Friday to answer your questions or to direct you to the right person. If you want to call for Attorney Tenny Lance or Attorney Mike Coleman, you can give them a call at 508-998-8800. And I want to start out today by saying that when we talk about Social Security, we have a lot of things we're going to discuss, including how you can make the most money on Social Security. The kinds of decisions you make will be with you for the rest of your life. So it's important that you make them correctly and with as much information as possible. I'd also like to mention that we're gonna be doing some workshops for the first time in a long time. We're gonna be doing a Social Security workshop and retirement planning workshop on Thursday, April 14th. We're doing that two times that day, 11 o'clock in the morning and at six o'clock at night. And that's going to be held at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven. Many of you have been to our seminars in the past. It's really been a long time since we've done seminars. We're also going to do the same program, Social Security Workshop and Retirement Planning, on uh, Saturday, April 16th at 10 o'clock in the morning. And that's going to be held at our office at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Now, we're anticipating a fairly high turnout, so... If you would like to come, we do ask that you make a reservation, and you can do that by simply calling 508-998-8858, and somebody will be happy to reserve a spot for you. Um, So with that little background, um, at the workshops that we're going to be doing, it's going to be talking about Social Security, not only for couples, but also for individuals. We're going to talk about how much Social Security you and your spouse stand to receive over your lifetime or your joint lifetimes if you're married, what rules and guidelines exist when you should apply for benefits, and the decisions that you make when you're approaching Social Security age will determine the amount of income that you or perhaps a surviving spouse will have well into your 80s and 90s. And sometimes spouses with little or no prior earnings can take advantage of Social Security benefits spousal benefits, survivor benefits, for example. There's a little-known rule that was passed in 2000 that has allowed people now to do much more creative spouse-survivor strategies. We're going to be talking about the number one most important thing that all-time, all higher-earning spouses should be doing, things that you need to know about survivor's benefits, what happens if you're divorced, what happens if you get remarried, and most importantly, how to avoid mistakes at your Social Security office. So we'll talk again about the dates for that and we invite you to get something to write on so uh, you can attend one of our seminars if you have more interest in Social Security. So today we've got a lot of material to go through and I would like to start with something a little bit that I don't normally do with a quotation from a gentleman named John Delaney. He said, Imagine a country where the vast majority of seniors live in poverty, a country where for many there are no golden years, but a time of struggle and dependence. 
That was the United States before the creation of Social Security, which has proven to be one of the most effective and important government programs in our history. So, Tenney, I want to ask you a question. Did you know that 84% of the federal budget, the money that you pay into taxes and that supports our government, is used to pay for Social Security and the Medicare programs, Medicaid? I knew it was very high. I didn't realize it was quite that high. Yeah, a lot of times people think, well, why can't we cut the federal budget? Our budget is too high. But most of our budget is used to support seniors and people who have health issues and medical issues and so forth. A lot of people don't realize that. So let's begin by talking about uh, Social Security. Um, Do you know when Social Security was passed, for example, Tenny, when it became law? I happen to know it because I looked it up. And it's 1935. Gosh, that's almost 100 years ago. Yeah, but the interesting point of that is that it's not even 100 years ago that we've had Social Security, and everybody assumes that it's been around forever. And it was signed into law under the administration of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And it wasn't until 1939 that benefits for spouses, surviving spouses, survivors, and minor children were added. So again, these are fairly recent laws. But one thing I think that's interesting about that 1939 change is that still the uh, spousal benefits tend to be at 50% of the, uh, let's say, the husband's benefits, which is usually higher. So that hasn't changed in a very long time. Yeah, with one exception, if both husband and wife are collecting Social Security benefits, let's say, and one spouse should die, the surviving spouse, whether it's the husband or the wife, will be able to collect the larger of the two checks. But that also brings up an interesting point because although the surviving spouse can get the largest of the two checks, it also means what? It also means that there's one check that's no longer going to be paid. Right, one check missing. And a lot of people forget about that because Social Security was never intended to be your sole means of support in retirement. It was meant to supplement other sources of money, other sources of retirement. So increasingly for many people, Social Security is their only means of support when they retire. But it should never be regarded as that. And... um, Dwight Eisenhower once said, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, should any political party attempt to abolish Social Security, unemployment insurance, and eliminate labor laws and farm programs, you would not hear of that party again in our political history. These are important programs that we've come to expect and rely upon in our country. Right? So, Peter, can you outlive your Social Security payment? Let's say you start taking a Social Security check, Um, how long will that last, typically? Until you uh, pass away. Right. Um, There's a chart that we have that says if your monthly benefit is $2,000 and you live for 10 more years, you will receive $276,000 and change. That's a lot of money. Over the course of 10 years. If you live 20 more years, it will be a total of $602,000, almost $603,000 in lifetime benefits. And if you lived for 30 more years, maybe you start taking it at 65 and you live to 95, it's over a million dollars in total benefits. Um, So what we say all the time is it may not be the case, but for many people, Social Security benefits may be your single largest retirement asset when you add up and combine all the benefits. Um, And and this chart is based on uh, 2% annual cost of living adjustment, which isn't guaranteed, but just... Uh, typically uh, what happens is that there is a cost of living adjustment. Yep, and we're going to be talking about cost of living in a few minutes. But it's incredible to realize when you look at the numbers, uh, as Peter just mentioned, if you're getting this check of just $2,000 a month and you live for 30 more years, you're going to receive more than a million dollars. That's an incredible amount of money, and people don't realize the enormity and how huge that is. Um, Does Social Security have a cost of living increase, or does it remain exactly the same? It does. It just depends on when they want to include that cost of living increase. Okay. And the rules on that is that it's not up to Congress to make that decision. It's already built into the statute. 
So the cost of living increase is tied to the rate of inflation. So if inflation goes up, so for example, in 2021, we had a really record high year-long rate of inflation. So Social Security has gone up. I'll double-check the amount in a minute. I think there was a 5.9% increase in Social Security for the year 2022. So um, the amount is adjusted annually by inflation. There's a formula. If inflation does not go up, there's no increase in Social Security. And some people don't realize that. I'll Let's mention again in a little while uh, the upcoming seminars that we have. We have both Lance Law and USA Wealth Group seminars coming up for the first time in a long time. Um, one is uh, just on wills, trust, and asset protection, just the basics. Um, and I'll get into the dates and times of that. And then the others are Social Security workshops with a little bit of um, uh, tax uh, planning with regards to your retirement. Um, but we'll discuss those dates in um, maybe the second break. But we do have uh, something called Cocktails and Conversations, which I'm sure um, you've heard about uh, before, heard me mention it before. This month, it's going to be uh, Wednesday, April 20th. It's always the third Wednesday of every month. And uh, coming up April 20th, it's going to be at Lindsay's in Wareham, uh, starting at 6. Cocktails and Conversation is uh, one of our three main companies having a 10 or 15 minute discussion with no uh, real whiteboard or projector. It's just a casual conversation about a, a um, topic that is timely in, in what's happening in today's world. And it's uh, very low pressure, low key. People love it. And you get a couple of free drinks and some food. Okay, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about some important definitions like what is your primary insurance amount? What is full retirement age? Irma Bomback once said, I was too old for a paper route, too young for Social Security, and too tired for an affair. So on that note, we'll be right back. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to Money Wise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Social Security this morning. We have a lot of good information to give you. A gentleman named Mike Quigley once said, without Social Security benefits, more than 40% of Americans 65 years or older would live below the federal poverty line. Even more striking is that Social Security is the only source of retirement income for almost one quarter of elderly beneficiaries. Wow. So that's I didn't know huge. that. No, I didn't know I didn't that before. Either. Well, it applied to my mother, for example. My mom worked all her life, and mostly she worked uh, two jobs. She was a bookkeeper. She had no pension, no other source of retirement income or savings. She had Social Security, and it was only 800 and something dollars a month that she got. That was it. So I said earlier I was going to talk about the upcoming seminars. Um, all of these are in April. It's the first seminars that we've done in a long time. Uh, the first one is going to be a Lance Law seminar called An Introduction to Wills, Trusts, and Asset Protection. It's going to be in Freetown on Wednesday, April 13th uh, at the Freetown Police Station Community Room. Uh, there's going to be two seminars. One is from 11 to 12, the other from 6.30 to 7.30. And then USA Wealth Group is going to be doing Social Security workshop seminars. Uh, and we, again, will probably talk about some uh, tax planning uh, at the tail end of that as well. The first one is going to be in Fairhaven on Thursday, April 14th. Two seminars again, one from 11 to 12 and the other one from 6 to 7. That's going to be at the Hampton Inn. We've done a lot of seminars there before. It's a nice place. In Fairhaven, it's, yeah. It's uh, right across from the Walmart in Fairhaven. And then the second um, Social Security workshop is going to be here at our office in Dartmouth on 352 Fonts Corner Road, Saturday, April 16th from 10 to 11. And you're welcome to come, but you must make a reservation because we need to plan for how many people are going to come and 
Um, I think the conference room in the office can only accommodate about 20 people on that Saturday morning, for example. So what phone number should people call? 508-998-8858. Or if you'd like to make an appointment for the law firm seminar, uh, call 508-998-8800. Tony, at your seminar that you're going to be doing talking about wills, trust, and asset protection, are you going to be talking to people also about how to protect their assets from nursing home costs? Well, that generally is what asset protection is, okay. yes. So uh, we, will, we will get into that subject. Medicaid is extremely complicated, so we'll sort of hit some high points but not get into a great amount of detail. Pete, do you think Social Security is complicated? Uh, it depends. Um, depends uh, if you have a, a pension or, um, you know, a spouse or a disabled child or, I mean, it can be complicated. It can also be somewhat straightforward. It really depends on your situation. If you're single, don't have any spouse, don't have any beneficiaries, then maybe it's not quite as complicated, but you still have to be careful and understand, you know, full retirement age versus when you can actually start taking Social Security. Um, so it's it's complicated for people who don't have, uh, uh, um, you know, the most basic grasp on it. Um, but for the most part, it is complicated, yes. Would it surprise you to know that there's more than 20,000 pages of regulations dealing with Social Security? That's amazing. And the difficulty right now is that um, because of the pandemic, uh, it's not possible to get an in-person appointment at the Social Security office, or at least it hasn't been for quite a long while. We tried last week to do that for a client, and we could do some telephone information, but that was all. We weren't able to make an appointment. What I think is critical for people to know is that the decision that they make when they start Social Security is going to live with them for the rest of their lives. So people kind of do it willy-nilly. They sign up whenever they sort of get around to it. But that is not the way Social Security should be approached, is it, right? No. So what's the youngest age that you can start collecting Social Security, Pete? 62. And what's the oldest age that you can collect Social Security, Tenny? Uh, probably about 114. No, it's 70. <laughs> oh, you start. I'm sorry. I thought you meant. <laughs> 62 to 62 to 70 is right. when you um, need to file for Social Security. And so let's talk about this definition of full retirement age because it's a critical definition when you're looking at applying for Social Security. Full retirement age is the age at which you can start to collect full, unreduced benefits, and it relates to your year of birth. So, for example, if you were born between 1943 and 1954, your full retirement age was 66. But if you're born 1960 or later, your full retirement age is 67. And the years in between are all individual. So if you were born in 1955, it's 66 and two months. And I had a gentleman yesterday who was born exactly at that, in, at that period, and he just reached 66 years and two months. And we are now advising him on when he should begin taking his Social Security benefit. And then 1956 is 66 and four months and so on and so forth until you get to 1967, or excuse me, 1960 where it's 67 is your full retirement age. There's a couple of key points for full retirement age. Number one is if you start taking it at 62, which a lot of people do because they need it or just because they say, hey, I can uh, collect, I want to collect. Or just ignorance. But uh, if you're... 62 and you don't necessarily need to start collecting and you can pull you know income from other places or maybe you're still working it doesn't make sense because you are giving up a guaranteed eight percent return every year on your social security benefits the other thing is is full retirement age is when you're allowed to um, work without um, being penalized um, for without, working yeah without having to give back some of your benefits without having to give back some of your benefits depending on if you what is the amount, 17000 18000 something like that? Yeah, I've got that number. I'll show you that in just a moment. So pay very close attention to this important definition of full retirement age. So we said you can collect between age 62 and 70. The longer you wait, the more you're going to collect. Full retirement age is the age at which you can get uh, benefits without having any reduction in your benefits. So what age do you think most people apply for Social Security, Pete? 62. More than half of the people who apply for Social Security do so at the age of 62. And therefore give up 
future money. Well, we've already talked about over your lifetime what it can be. You can give up sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars of Social Security benefits if you start collecting at age 62. That's one of the things that I do uh, with software that we pay for every year is to do what's called a break-even analysis, and it shows if you start taking it at 62 and what your benefit would be and your collective um, earnings from Social Security at certain ages, and then if you start collecting at full retirement age, and then if you start collecting at age 70, and it shows a, a graph basically as to where that break-even point is where it would make sense for you to start collecting at 62 versus 66 versus 70. And sometimes that is an important question if somebody has a health issue um, and maybe they're not going to live a long life. Maybe you do start collecting at 62. So a gentleman named Kent Conrad once said, the American people say don't touch Social Security, don't touch Medicare, don't cut defense. Well, that's 84% of the total federal budget when you add those things together. Um, so the key definition we want to focus on is what is your full retirement age? And then the next de definition that's very important is what is your primary insurance amount, PIA? That's the amount that you get if you start collecting Social Security at your full retirement age. And there's a lot of things that key into that. So we're going to talk about the, the more money you can collect if you can wait a little bit longer. Here's an, a quick example. If you apply at age 62, then you're only going to collect 70% of the amount that you would get if you had not, if you had waited only until your full retirement age. So collect at 70, excuse me, collect at age 62, you're only going to get 70% of the amount you would collect at age 67 if that's your full retirement age. It's crazy. Um, we've got a chart that shows you all that differences. So here's some primary reasons why not to apply before full retirement age. Number one, your benefit is going to be permanently reduced. Uh, this is on the series of slides that we're going through, Tenny. Number two, if you work before full retirement age, you continue your job for every $2 that you make over $19,560. That's that magic number you were talking about, Pete. They're going to pull back $1 from your Social Security check. Which is huge. That's 50%. So um, if you're making $40,000 a year, roughly $20,000, they're going to take back $10,000 from your annual Social Security amount. And I said that wrong because I'm looking at the $2 versus the $1, and I was looking at something else at the same time. But that's a huge uh, uh, you know, uh, reduction in your benefits, and you need to know that if you, if you do collect before your full retirement age and you want to continue working, you're going to be penalized if you earn over that $19,560. It's an odd number, but basically just round it up to $20,000. If you work even part-time and you're making $20,000 or more a year, you're going to be penalized for that if you are collecting before your full retirement age. Now, you will get that money back eventually by adjusting the formula, but you're going to still be shooting yourself in the foot because you're going to start out with a lower amount at age 62, and you're going to continue with a lower amount for the rest of your life. Also, you won't be able to take advantage of some of the savvy spousal strategies we're going to be talking about shortly and if you pass away and your social security benefit is larger than your spouse's then their benefit their spousal benefit will be reduced as well and the, again we yep. talked about this in the first segment if uh, one spouse's social security benefit is higher that spouse dies then the uh, surviving spouse can collect the larger of the two amounts so one more thing I'm going to say, if you apply for Social Security after your full retirement age, and let's say that's age 67, and you wait until after then, uh, then you're going to earn an additional 8% more all the way up to eight per, per year, all the way up to age 70. So between full retirement age and age 70, you're going to make 32% more. That's one third higher. So if you can wait longer, wait longer. What's important, I think, is that Social Security doesn't care when you start taking your funds. It's nothing to them because they've built it into the formula. Right. So don't necessarily assume that by talking with someone at the Social Security office that you're going to be best advised. So remind me about what advice they can give you and not give you. We'll do that right after the break. But I do want to say one thing that, Tenny, although you don't like cooking very much, you do like cooking with wine, correct? 
So oh, de- I like drinking wine. So W.C. Fields once said, I cook with wine. Sometimes I even add it to the food. That's my formula. That's your philosophy. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Social Security this morning. The most important financial decisions you might be making in your life have to do with Social Security. You need to get it right. You need to get good advice. We're going to tell you in a minute about uh, the seminars that we've got coming up where you can learn more in detail. And we're going to be talking about when to apply for Social Security and a lot of other good things. So somebody working at the Social Security office, they're not allowed to make recommendations to you on what's the best approach for you to take. They're prohibited by regulation from giving you advice. They can tell you the facts. They can tell you how much you'll get at 62 and how much you'll get at 67 and how much you'll get at 70. But they're not supposed to give you information and advice on how to make some of these other important decisions that would be beneficial to you and potentially to your surviving spouse. So we do have some seminars coming up. Um, and if you take a minute and write them down, uh, the law firm is going to be doing uh, a seminar called Introduction to Wills, Trust, and Asset Protection, which includes nursing home protection. It's going to be in Freetown on Wednesday, April 13th. It will be done at 11 o'clock in the morning and 6.30 at night. And the location is the Freetown Police Station community room. They have a brand new community room. So we look forward to doing that, don't you, Tenny? Yes, it'll be fun. And how should somebody make a reservation? Please call our office at 508-998-8800 and let folks know how many people will be coming uh, so that we can make sure we have enough room. So, Pete, do you think Social Security is going to run out of money? No. I mean, that's been a big fear for people for a while, but uh, no, they'll... uh they'll figure out something and probably at the very last minute as always that's what they like to do congress most likely it's going to be um you know tax increases for the people still working which you know is status quo well there's a number of things they could do they could say that now your retirement age is going to be later well they've always done that or they have done that in the past i should say well that's why we now have 67 it used to be 66 and then they put this stepped formula in between 66 and 67 and they're not doing that just blindly i mean they they realize that people are living longer and working longer and um so there's a a reason for that i just wonder if they're going to go from 67 and jump it right to 68 or if they're going to do the same thing that they did for a while which was you know, uh, bumping it up two months at a time, two months at a time. So maybe it'll be 67 in two months if you were born, you know, in 1961 or something. Who knows? Well, we're going to be talking next about when you should apply for Social Security. So we've talked about this important definition of full retirement age. And if you apply too early, let's say at age 62, your benefit starts lower and stays lower for the rest of your life. Not only that, but periodically there are cost of living adjustments. And you, if you wait a little longer, you'll have the benefit of the additional cost of living increases that have been added to the Social Security. So the longer you live, the more beneficial it is to delay your benefits. And an important thing that you mentioned earlier is that this has impact on your surviving spouse too. Because if you start at age 62 and you're the higher earning spouse, That means you're never going to have as much as you should have. And then when you die, your surviving spouse is going to have that smaller amount also. I talked earlier about the 8% annual um, increase in your Social Security benefits if uh, you delay. And so just as an example, if your full retirement age is 66 and your primary insurance amount is $2,400, if you start collecting at age 66, you're going to get $2,400 a month. If you delay that, to 70, which is only four years, 
you're going to see a 132% increase or a total of $3,168. And that is a $768, almost $800 increase if you delay four years per month. That's huge. But again, it's all on a case-by-case -case basis as to whether we recommend you do that or not. It depends on whether you have other assets that you can draw from that may not be earning that guaranteed 8%, which is typically what we recommend you draw down from. Um, and it also plays in, uh, other factors play into it, such as your health. Um, you know, maybe your parents lived a nice long life, but you haven't um, taken care of yourself and you're maybe a smoker, and maybe, you know, we recommend that you do start taking it at 62 or your full retirement age and not waiting until 70. If you have a history of, um, you know, cancer or heart issues or something in your family and um, your parents maybe passed away young and you're not expecting to have longevity, then maybe you do start taking it early. So it's, it's all in a case-by-case -case situation. Here's some other important things that people need to know about that. Uh, basically, 96%, 96% of all Americans agree that Social Security is a very important program. Um, it's been around for 86 years, and um, there's always concern that it's going to run out of money. Right now, the projections are that somewhere around 2034, which is not that far away from now, that we could run out of money, current projections. But what's going to happen, and with some of the things they're tinkering with periodically, is that um, Congress periodically increases the earnings that are taxed and subject to Social Security. So it used to be that somewhere around $132,000 was the maximum earnings that were taxed for Social Security. And if you made more than that, then the excess over that amount didn't have to pay any Social Security tax, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Why should people who earn $200,000 a year or $250,000 a year, why shouldn't they pay the full amount into their Social Security? Um, I never understood that limit. I just, it doesn't make sense that more wealthy people pay less of their income toward a very important program. Um, well, so that they can tinker with that. They can increase the uh, level of wages that are subject to Social Security tax. They can change the age for people to collect uh, Social Security full retirement age. So there are a lot of little things like that. One of the things I forgot to mention and we forgot to mention is um, at the seminar, we're going to be giving out the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security, which is uh, some really great information on a really nice heavy cardstock pamphlet that's double-sided, four pages long, and has um, great detail uh, about Social Security. And it's all, you know, things change. Why don't you mention some of the topics? Fairly that reasonably, uh, for fairly uh, frequently. So... This is brand new copyright 2022 material. We just got it last week. Um, it just talks about um, how you become eligible for Social Security benefits, how your retirement benefit is calculated, when you can begin receiving benefits, um, what if you apply later, how cost of living increases affect the benefits, how spousal benefits are calculated, how divorce affects Social Security benefits, how widowhood affects benefits, um, how working affects the benefits, how pension income affects Social Security benefits, how they are taxed, um, what about Medicare. It's a lot of really useful information that we'll be handing out for people who come to the seminar. And one of the things that I just mentioned is how pension income affects Social Security benefits. Um, in the slides that uh, we're sort of going through, that's not mentioned in here at all because the next thing is spousal benefits and spousal strategies. Um, and it doesn't talk about pensions. And I was surprised that it's not in here. But uh, that's a big one. And a lot of people that I meet with are very surprised. Some people know about it. And some people are very surprised to learn that if they have a pension, their Social Security benefit is most likely going to be reduced. It's called either the windfall elimination provision or the government offset provision, the WEP or the GOP. And if you're working as a teacher, but you've worked somewhere else in the past, um, and uh, earned enough credits to collect Social Security, your benefit's going to be reduced. And I can do that calculation and tell you exactly how much it's going to be reduced by and what your benefit will be. Um, same thing if you work for the federal government, but also work somewhere else that earned enough to um, 
or, uh, uh, apply for and earn Social Security benefits, you're most likely going to have that benefit reduced. And I, I think it's really unfair. It started in 1982, I believe. Um, they considered it double dipping, and I just don't see it that way. If you worked at a job for enough years to qualify for a pension and earn that, great. You should get the full amount. If you earned, uh, if you worked at a different job, uh, either part time and while you're working at this other job, and you built up enough credits, or maybe you worked for 20 years um, at a job where you're paying into Social Security and you earned that, and then after that you work for another 20 years at a job where you've earned a pension. I think you should be able to get both. I think it's really unfair. There's some talk about possibly changing that, but um, nothing really close on the horizon. So let's talk about how people can get information on how much they might be entitled to from Social Security. So there's two or three different ways you can do it. Number one, you can go online to www.socialsecurity.gov. You get information about retirement, disability, spousal benefits. Not survivor benefits, but for spousal benefits. You can do it by telephone. There's an 800 number. If you don't have time to write it down, we'll be happy to give it to you if you call us. That number is 800-772-1213. You can go in person to a local Social Security office, except right now they're not taking in-person appointments. Um, You can locate your local Social Security office by going to uh, ssa.gov and they'll give you the address the hours telephone information and so forth what you do need to bring if you go to uh, an office once they open up again or if you want to go online you're going to need your social security number you're going to need your name at birth uh, you're going to need your date and place of birth citizenship status and a lot of other information and by the way we've got a whole checklist on this which is included in this baby boomers guide to social security So if you do attend one of our seminars, we're going to be passing these out to every attendee. We're also going to give something that's produced by one of the major wholesalers we work with, which I think is extremely helpful. It's called What, When, Who, How, the Social Security Decisions You Need to Make. Don't try to make these decisions by yourself, ladies and gentlemen. It's very complicated. But we're happy to help you here as well. If you make an appointment, come in. Peter has a couple of different software programs he'll go through. You can do your own calculation online um, with socialsecurity.gov, but it is complicated. You know, Tenney, in 1961, President John F. Kennedy said, the Social Security program plays an important part in providing for families, children, and older persons in time of stress. So most politicians know that They have to always support Social Security. It would be their political kiss of death if they ever voted against the Social Security program, I suspect. Unless they vote to improve it. Exactly. (laughs) Hopefully they might do with this uh, earnings adjustment, for example. Right. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some additional facts that a lot of people don't know, but we're also going to be talking about spousal benefits, and those are critically important. Survivor benefits... Uh, Did you know that if you have, I'm going to use the example of a husband who married three or four times, I've had this happen in the office, and got divorced, each of the former spouses is entitled to claim a benefit later. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Just remember some important advice that Sir Norman Wisdom once said. As you get older, three things happen. The first is your memory goes, and I can't remember the other two. <laughs> Tenny, Sir Wisdom. Tenny likes my little wisdom jokes. I always laugh at your jokes. Yes. Let's talk about spousal benefits. Um, 
So if you're married, the spouse of a worker entitled to Social Security can also claim a spousal benefit. And that also means that the worker themselves have to be eligible for benefits, Social Security benefits, and they have to have filed for benefits. So unless and until they file, there's no such thing as being able to claim a spousal benefit. So that's the first step in claiming a spousal benefit. There are so many words to keep in mind. I mean, yes. I get confused between survivor benefits and spousal benefits and all these S's. They're different. Right. Um, and it's complicated. And that's why if you're married and you haven't yet started Social Security, you need to check into it. You know, one of the first things I always tell people is even if you're already collecting Social Security, how do you know that you're getting the correct amount that you should have been receiving? Um, I had a, a, a good friend and secretary who worked for me for more than 30 years. When she went to apply for her own Social Security, she discovered that her earnings record was not correct. And she was able to correct some errors on her earnings record and be able to get more money in Social Security. Always check your earnings record. And guess what happens if you're already collecting Social Security? Look at it anyway, because if there's a mistake, they will correct it, and they'll go back retroactively and give you more money. And we've seen that happen twice here. We have. Um, a, so. a nice lump sum increase, right? Yeah. So the spousal benefit is an important thing. Um, and your spouse, and we're going to make the assumption here that your spouse is the husband as the higher earner, just because historically that's been the case, although it's changing rapidly in this country, um, that women are now making much more equivalency to men. But let's assume for example purposes that the husband is the uh, spouse who has the higher earnings record. Unless he applies, there is no spousal benefit that the spouse can apply for. Also, that very important definition of full retirement age, FRA, if he applies before his full retirement age, and let's say it's 67 for him, then the spouse is going to still be eligible for a spousal benefit, but it's going to be a lower amount. It's going to be a reduced percentage. So more women these days are qualifying for Social Security on their own work record, and increasingly the rules are going to be switching around a lot. I need to step out in just a moment, but I wanted to just mention again very quickly. First of all, the Cocktails and Conversation is the third Wednesday of every uh, month. It's going to be at Lindsay's in Wareham, 6 p.m. as always, and it's Wednesday, April 20th. Uh, Mom, you're going to be talking about... But make uh, a reservation, right? Some estate planning. Yes, you must make a reservation. People love the laid-back um, environment, and it's not a true normal seminar because... There's no slideshow. It's just a 10 or 15 minute discussion about a topic that uh, is relatable to what's happening in today's world. Um, so that's Wednesday, April 20th, Lindsay's at 6 p.m. People just sort of mingle and chat with uh, other people in the room or with one of us if they have any questions. And then lastly, just um, since this is our last segment, I'll mention it our last time. We have three seminars, well, three dates of seminars with multiple times. Uh, the first one is a Lance Law seminar called An Introduction to Wills, Trusts, and Asset Protection. That's at the Freetown Police Station Community Room, which is brand new, Wednesday, April 13th, 11 to 12, and 6.30 to 7.30. And then USA Wealth Group has two Social Security workshops with a little bit of tax uh, planning uh, for retirement worked in as well. Uh, the first one is in Fairhaven at the Hampton Inn across from Walmart. Thursday, April 14th from 11 to 12 and 6 to 7. And then here at our office, 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, Saturday, April 16th from 10 in the morning until 11. Well, thank you, Pete, for your our participation. You're and welcome. Take care. We want to have a good Sunday. So rules for spousal benefits. A spousal benefit means if the primary worker, and let's make the assumption that it's the husband, must have filed for his or her benefits. Um the spouse who wants to collect a spousal benefits has to be at least age 62 for a reduced benefit or if the, if the spouse in the marriage is also at full retirement age, then they're going to get as much as 50% of the working spouse's primary insurance amount. That's why these definitions are so important. Full retirement age 
and primary uh, insurance amount. The benefit is based on the working person's primary insurance amount. And then um, you don't get any delayed credits if you wait until after full retirement age. But you have to have been married for at least one year. So That happened to my poor uncle and aunt. They got married uh, very late in life, second marriages for both of them. And unfortunately, my uncle died, I believe, at eight months into that marriage. And my poor aunt-in-law was not entitled to his benefits. I always thought that was unfair. Well, maybe she should have kept him going for a little bit longer. Who knows? <laughs> it's not her fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, George Burns once said, you can't help getting older, but you don't have to get old. That's really true. I think one thing that's important about spousal benefits to remember is that it really matters how much the combination of you live. So if you uh, are entitled to these benefits, but you should die younger, but your spouse should live on for many years, that enhanced benefit's going to uh, go longer as well. So here's a quick example. What if both husband and wife are at full retirement age? They can both collect Social Security. Um, but let's say the wife's Social Security is much less than the husband's. If they're both at full retirement age and she can get 50% of her husband's, if that's greater than her own Social Security benefit, then she can take the larger amount. So you need to look at these things. They're uh, very important. And you, they're very well, complicated, ladies and gentlemen yeah. out there. Do you Please think, don't don't apply just willy-nilly. Look into many of these important factors. Yeah, Willie doesn't work here in the office anymore anyway. <laughs> no, it does nilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's not be corny today. So do you think age matters when you're looking at Social Security, Tenny? Of course. So Betty White thought that age matters also. Uh, she once said, my mother always used to say, the older you get, the better you get, unless you're a banana. <laughs> Did that one stump you? It didn't stump me. It's just like, yeah. How about this one? Have you reached this, this one yet? John Mendoza said, you know you're getting old when you can pinch an inch on your forehead. <laughs> so even our... Beautiful producer over here in the corner is chuckling at that one. <laughs> well, spousal benefits and survivor benefits. Uh, I think most people know for a survivor benefit, and that's basically you've got one spouse who survives. So if you have a husband or wife, like both collecting Social Security, and one of them should die, the surviving spouse gets to keep the larger of the two checks. I think most people understand that rule. But it also means you're no longer going to get two checks. You're only going to get one check. So that's what we always tell people. When we're looking at Social Security, we want to look at it in the context of what other income do you have in retirement? Very often, for example, and we have to address this individually, we'll tell folks, look, you've got some IRA account money. You're over the age of 59 and a half. You can start taking money from that. Uh, instead of taking Social Security at age 62, which is gonna be the lowest amount you will ever receive, why don't you start taking money that you need to survive in retirement from your IRA account and wait a little bit longer to collect your social security because that check's gonna be a larger check for the rest of your life. Especially if your retirement funds are not earning 8% or more, then social security is going to give you an 8% increase every year that you wait. Yep. So you're really better off taking monies from other sources. That's a really good point. So one of the things we can do is we can help you sit down and, and look at the analyses. We'll do a computer program for you and tell you what's the best age for you to collect Social Security given an overall review of all of your assets. And this will be a computerized scenario. We can tell you People will say, well, gee, what if I don't live to be age 70? Shouldn't I start collecting now? We can tell you what the break-even point will be and exactly how long you'd have to live to make it more worthwhile to wait. So 
claim now, claim more later is another strategy. We're not going to have time to go into that uh, today. It's something we'll discuss at the seminars we're doing. We'll give some um, examples also. There are some examples on these slides that we don't have time to get into, but it's always important to pin it down to reality. Okay, well, a higher earning spouse can file an application and then restrict the application to collecting a spousal benefit from their spouse because it's going to be more money for them. So then they are basically delaying receipt of their own money. But there's so many things that you can do. Uh, what if you started collecting Social Security and you said, oh, heck, I shouldn't have started this at age 62. I made a mistake. Can I undo that? Yes, you can, but you've only got one year to do that and to say, I want to stop collecting Social Security. I didn't realize I should wait until later. So we've got lots more to talk about. We'll talk more in detail at the seminar about the survivor benefits. What if you're divorced? A divorced spouse, multiple divorced surviving spouses can collect off of one person's account. So thank you so much for listening. We've been talking fast today because there's a lot to cover. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. Come to one of our seminars. We'll share some more information and good handout. Thank you so much, Attorney Tenny Lance. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group, Inc. USA Wealth Group, Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.